heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Folks, welcome to a new, new era of YWC football talk. And no, it doesn't mean anything else. Nothing's changed. Production values have changed. How about that? The production values have changed a little bit. It's video. And this is the first time this this guest and I, You can, if you're already watching on YouTube, you know who it is. You know it's Matt Beast and I. I'm just going to change. Oh, yep. There we go. See? Now we're in close. We're close and personal now. Much better. Um, we are here to talk football, and we're also here to talk yeah, we're here to talk football. But you know what? The production values are going up. This is the first time him and I have ever done face-to-face. Matt, I know, unfortunately, your season has come to an end, but how are mm-hmm. we feeling today? Uh, we're feeling all right. Um, 2022, it's a new year. Um, personally, it's kind of gone kind of weird work-wise. But um, besides that, it's been kind of chill so far, um, considering that. But uh, lots of stuff going on in the NFL. Um, some things to look forward for my team, the Saints. Um, just... Exciting stuff across the board. Playoffs are about to start. It's going to be an interesting uh, playoff uh, schedule, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because that's that's the thing about the playoffs. It's so great is that like, I know the NBA is the NBA and everything like that. But when it comes to the – not the NBA, but like with the NFL, it's one game. I feel like rankings this time, not saying they're irrelevant or not, but the fact that it's a winner-go-home mentality, the fact that there's been so much parity this year – I think truly the next month's going to be very special for football fans. It's something we should truly appreciate and like hone in as our own, you know? Yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, that's the thing that makes these NFL playoffs special. It's just win or go home. It's one game. It's, it's not like an average kind of thing where it's the MLB or the NBA. It's just one game. That's, that's all it takes and anything can happen. Exactly. That's, that's the best thing. It's anything can happen. Like, We'll get, we'll get into it. I have some crazy, t- not crazy takes, but I have some takes that might be seen as a little off. But before we get to there, like I said, new production values. I'm going to let Matt, I want you to give a recap because obviously your your Saints, their season has unfortunately come to an end. Mm-hmm. Fought till the very end. Um, Taysom Hill has the very serious Liz Frank injury I saw that's going to be getting surgery. But uh, look at this, folks. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to leave this <laughs> banner hanging and I'm going to let Matt give a little bit of a word for his New Orleans Saints. I'm actually going to try something else out for watching on YouTube. Oh, it's just me. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, oh, no, that does not work. So see, folks, we're still, <laughs> still a work in progress. I was going to do a single because I was going to let you take over, but that's not the case. So Matt, floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, the Saints season is over, unfortunately. Um, I remember when I came on this podcast during the predictions, I'm pretty certain that I'd said the Saints would go nine and eight, and get the seventh seed. And we were a Matt Stafford interception away from that happening. It was it was rough. But I got the nine and eight right. But if you had told me all the stuff that had happened to the Saints during this season, um, and I'm sure the players, if you asked them, they wouldn't make this an excuse. But starting from the very beginning, they were displaced for the first month of the season due to Hurricane Ida. They had two different COVID breakouts, one affecting all their coaches in the second game of the season against Carolina and the other coming in against that Monday night football game against uh, the Dolphins where they were missing 22 players and they were literally getting guys fitted in the locker room before the game. 
And it's just insane the amount of adversity they've overcome. The O-line having issues, injury issues, um, the offense as a whole having injury issues, four different starting quarterbacks, a record set for 58 different starters during the season, which is insane. Like, it was just crazy how much stuff had happened. If you told me all this stuff was going to happen to the Saints, I would have said, we're going to win four games. And the, the fact that Sean Payton got this team to that point, he even missed a game due to COVID, and that was against the Bucks. and Dennis Allen went out there and destroyed them, which is crazy that Dennis Allen isn't getting head coach offers, but we know how his Raiders stint went. But all in all, the Saints, they show that they can overcome adversity, and that's what happens when you have a head coach like a Sean Payton. And I'm sure I'll be on here sometime in the future to do stuff going into the 2022 season, so I'm not really going to dwell too much on the future. But there's definitely a lot of questions that I want to see answered. But we went out the best way we could, beating the Falcons. Can't go wrong with that, but left a better taste in my mouth watching that Matthew Stafford interception, just rough times. Yeah, no, like I was like obviously the Pats game Sunday that that it happened. It's something that I want to forget about the 30, uh, 33 to twenty four loss. But mm-hmm. I was going, I was like watching the year game, and then I was watching the end of San Francisco in LA, and I thought, okay, San Francisco milked so much of the clock. They got the Robbie Gold field goal. That's a tongue twister on its own. But then, so then they get the field goal, and then I'm like, okay, cool, they can go downfield. Maybe they can tie it because I, I'm not sure what would have happened if the two teams had tied, but I think. I, I'm not sure. It's like look, the tie. Obviously, we save that for the we save that for the AFC West. That's the AFC mm-hmm. West topic. But with you guys all of in all, like, look, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm not disappointed. Considering you're right, you guys went down without a fight. You won three of your last four games. Obviously, Miami was a little out of your control. Uh, the other thing I'm going to make a point on too is the last time you were on here was before you guys played the Bucks. I feel like every time you play the Bucks before Tampa, you should come on here because last year you did it and the game went well, and you did it again this year. Now you guys have scored the 42 to three. So mm-hmm. guess roll with those punches, but no, um, with the saints, the only thing I feel like is just how are they going to build up for the future? Who's going to be under center and the defense is still in good hands, no matter who, if it's Dennis Allen or not. Um, and I guess just get the offensive line healthy and get a couple of good, get Michael Thomas back and maybe get another wide receiver and, I would beef up the tight end room personally. I like, oh yeah, Vanette and uh, Troutman. Troutman, they're good, but you need like that marquee guy. I'm not saying go out there and you know get something like you have to go out there and like pay big money like the Patriots did for Smith or Henry. But if there's someone available for reasonable money who's you know out there looking for a chance to play ball, like take a shot. Yeah, I mean, just to have it a really brief way to describe it, I look at this the way the Patriots. Uh, were looking at coming into last season. Yeah. They had questions at quarterback. I don't I don't think we're going to draft quarterback. We're probably going to actually bring Jameis back. I think that's the most likely scenario that's going to happen. Um hopefully if he's healthy from his ACL injury and everything, but that's what I predict will happen. Um whether they do something else, it could happen. Um so what I want to see happen is a lot of investment into the offense and there could be a couple questions on defense depending on who stays and goes, but there's going to be a lot of questions on offense from the guard spots, from if Teron Armstead leaves, we're going to have to obviously have a new left tackle. The wide receiver room needs to be rehauled. The tight end room needs to be rehauled. I mean, there's a couple nice pieces on the wide receiver room, but the tight ends, 
you even called them good pieces. I don't even know if I'd call them that. I'm just being honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, Trout, Troutman's season was rough. Um, granted, this is only his second year in. I don't know, but they need to do a complete rehauling of um, their offensive weapons as far as wide receiver and tight end because I, I don't know how we did it with this offense, how anemic it was some weeks. And granted, getting the offensive line back healthy in this Falcons game showed that that helped a lot. But like I said, a lot of questions, um, just brief thing, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. Those are the main things that I want to see happen this off season. Exactly. Get a quarterback in there, surround him with some weapons. And look, I view your guys' season similar to New, New England's of 2020, where, you know, mm-hmm. seven, I know eight and nine and eight, seven and nine. I know they're not the same record. Obviously that you guys had two more wins and frankly, one less loss, but it's just the sense of, look, it shows that good coaching can take you so far in the NFL. Exactly. That's the big thing is that good coaching can take you anywhere. Uh, I think getting Michael Thomas back for 2022, hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens. You you never know what could happen there. Just because mm-hmm. it was always just like, an, I felt like it's been an awkward situa- situation ever since his break it, his just career year in 2019. I just feel like it's been, really awkward where it's like, yeah, it's good. And then it kind of goes away and then it comes back. So we'll see what happens with 2022, if whether he's on the team or not. But for the most part, I think, look, Tampa's the only competition in front of you guys. I don't, I care. Well, Carolina clean house in many positions, except for head coach and mm-hmm. Atlanta. Well, I think they are going to be rebuilding. They're going to be Atlanta's Atlanta's in for a few years of pain. That's that's, I think that's the polite way to put it. Yeah. And as far as Michael Thomas goes, I think the Saints should go into the season acting like they won't have them. I'm not saying he's going to leave, but yeah. I'm just saying if you go into it acting like he won't be there, um, it's going to turn out better because whatever you get from him is going to be a bonus. And this team, for the longest time, they had Drew Brees under center, and he would make any wide receiver look better than what they actually were. And maybe the they valued that offensive skill position and thought that they could – make anyone better than what they actually are still under the system. But that didn't work out that way. So they need to value that. And I think the Patriots had a similar thing where they were like, oh, we need to bring in more bodies, more guys. You saw them bring in Jonah Smith, Hunter Henry, some wide receivers. They just need to go in there and do something similar, um, whether it's via the draft, via free agency, do stuff like that. But as far as the Falcons, yeah, they might be in for it. Um this could be they could be looking at some of Matt Ryan's last couple of years there. Yeah. He might go the Matt Stafford route and want to go somewhere else to somewhere who, who's going to contend. Um, I'm curious what Calvin Ridley's going to do there. He took the season off pretty much. Um, the Panthers, they definitely have questions there. Um, I still wonder about them letting Joe Brady go. Questionable decision, in my opinion. Um, but we'll just see how it goes for them. Uh, well, I can tell you this: Panthers, just their offensive line is horrible. Mm, that like it is. It got exposed in that same like not. It's going to expose, but like you guys truly like when it came time to dig in. And the fact too that like I remember us. I think us. It was you, Jared, and I for the NFC preview show, and him mm. and I kind of were saying Carolina is a dark horse team in the make the, the playoffs in the NFC, and you kind of scoffed at us. And now I get where you were coming from. Like, look, we all bought into them at three and zero when obviously beat the Jets beat you guys and beat the Texans. And then they exactly. won. See, th- those go- are the names they beat yeah. there. The Jets, the Texans, and a Saints team where literally most of their coaching staff had COVID. And they went 3-0, and and then since then they won two games. Um, 
And that's the thing about their front office. They thought that they could go in and do something with that and build upon that three and zero start. And mm-hmm. that turned out to be the wrong evaluation. So there's definitely some uh, comeuppance from that. Um, definitely some stuff that the Panthers front office is going to have to look at going into next season. I also look at the Panthers in a way like, look, quarterback's got to be addressed. You have to address the offensive line in the draft. You have a top 10 pick. Um, I know this, I'm going to use a really weird term here. This year's draft, it's not sexy like last year's. Last year's draft, I know it's really weird, kind of kind of weird to say, but some people kind of, I think people will get what I'm saying. Hopefully you do too. Where like, you know how there's all the quarterbacks, there was a lot of marquee players. Mm-hmm. This year though, it's just, it's like 2013, but it's not going to be 2013. For if you know what I mean by that, it's going to be a lot of offensive linemen, a lot of defensive linemen, some good wide receivers in there, some good defensive mm-hmm. backs. Um, if I'm them in the top 10, look, there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen available there. You got to go after one of them because when your best lineman is Pat Elfline, that is a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely in this draft class the preemptive look at it that I've kind of been looking at it because I'm going into offseason mode now already, which is, which is sad because the Saints have been in the playoffs for the past five years in a row, which yeah. was a good, was a good run. But uh, looking at the draft right now, yeah, of course, quarterback looks pretty slim, especially compared to last season. Yeah. Granted, granted looking at it year one, a lot of those, I mean, and I know year one, you can't really judge a lot of them, but year one, a lot of those quarterbacks didn't look so good. Um, will they look better in year two? Probably most likely yeah. most of them will. Um, but Year year one of this class won't be shouldn't be too crazy at all, anyways. But um, like you said, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, some good wide receivers in there, which is something my team needs to go after is wide receivers and the offensive line if Armstead leaves. But yeah, it's definitely going to be not a like all star class. I liked your tweet earlier today saying Traylon Burks. I think that's a really good fit because he's just a guy who can get the ball and go quick. And I know you know him too from your background mm-hmm. as an Arkansas fan as well. Yeah, and I think he's going to shoot up draft boards, um, just because of the Jameson Williams injury, yes. which is which was which was rough. I, I feel bad for the guy getting getting hurt so late, and that's definitely going to hurt his stock, and that's going to boost some of those uh, lower guys up, like Traylon Burks. He was looking at like a high second round, lower first round, mid first round kind of type guy. Yeah. He's going to be mid to low high first round draft come comes once the draft actually rolls around and granted the quarterbacks are also going to slide up because you always see that every season. Some of the quarterbacks might be kind of lower, but as the draft gets closer and closer, these teams that actually do want a quarterback, maybe the lions decide they want a quarterback who knows there. Um, some team is going to get desperate where they want to go and get that quarterback. And some of them are going to slide up. You're going to see it. The only way I see a quarterback sliding up truly is a trade. I because I, I right now when I look at it, I don't see Jacksonville obviously drafting QB, mm-hmm. and Det- with Detroit at two, it's just there's no one there. If they have it, say if they do number one overall next year, or if they're in the top, and look, next year you're gonna have Bryce Young, next year you're gonna have DJ Ungalele. Hope I got that right. You're gonna have guys like that, so you can rely on those guys for next year. I think for this year for Detroit, look, my top two I'll say right now, I have Kayvon Thibodeau going one. I have Aiden Hutchinson going two. That's my top two right there. And then probably I'd have to say Evan Neal, the uh, monstrous left tackle from Alabama going three to Houston. But I completely agree with your take where I'm uh, with uh, 
I'm getting my names mixed up with uh, Traylon Burks moving up because of the unfortunate news of James Williams tearing his ACL in the national championship Monday. Um, something we can also talk about uh, in a little bit. But my big thing with that, compa- I want to make a comparison for that. And it's going to sound a little dark, obviously, because uh, of incidents that have occurred. But remember the 2020 draft, how it went Ruggs, Judy, and then Lamb? Mm-hmm. I could see something like that happening where, you know, teams kind of draft Garrett Wilson and Burks before Williams. And then Williams comes back and he's the guy that really pops. Because with the ACL, I could expect him back probably by training camp, I'd say. Probably somewhere July, August period. Yeah, may, maybe. That yeah. that would be kind of a very quick timetable, I would think. Um, Six, seven like, months, I think that is. Yeah, like he would be... That'd be on the quicker side of that six, seven month yeah. timetable. I'm thinking more along the lines of maybe he's back in September and he probably won't play till maybe October because he's going to have to get acclimated and stuff. If he was a returning veteran, maybe he could get going right in September, but it's going to probably be October before you see him on the field. And he could beat that because you see some players recover from ACLs very quickly these days, but um, each player is different with how they handle injuries. I mean, you see some players get ACL injuries and just can't come back for a while. I mean, Tariq Cohen, he's he was a ghost. Yeah. Like he got hurt sometime last season, um, and he never came back this whole season. So some guys just have a hard time coming back than others. Um, granted, this guy is a young wide receiver coming in, and I'm sure he's going to do everything he can to get back on the field back on the field as soon as possible. But it's going to hurt the draft stock. I don't know where he's going to land. It should still somewhere be in the first round. I'm going to say somewhere around like the 20s, yeah, mid-20s, 25, 26, somewhere around there. Um, so someone's probably going to get them a steal of a guy um, unless someone just knows not to pass on them. But we'll see how that goes. It's I'm going to give another comparison from 2020. I feel like it's going to be like a Justin Jefferson situation, you know, where he's just sitting there and the Minnesota Vikings, like when the, I don't know if you've ever seen that video or not, but the Vikings were expecting Jefferson to go to the Eagles, but then when the Eagles took Rieger, you just see mm-hmm. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, we're just like laughing and they're like, all right, yeah, we're going to take this guy. Like he's, he's right there. Like, like it's like, you can't not take him. And that's what the Vikings did. And now the Vikings are set up for the next few years. Um, this draft, I always say this too, it's for need. It's not want. Because, like, you know, a lot of times you draft someone just because you want them and they have, like, a good name and everything. This mm-hmm. year, everyone who's drafting should be drafting for need. Now, that probably won't happen because we can say what we think is going to happen or what should happen for all 32 picks. But at the end of the day, we're not the GMs that are going to be calling the shots. Not at all. You never know with some some teams. Exactly. And I know the Saints are a big OSU farm, so there is a player from Ohio State. I really want to turn you on for the tight end position. That's Jeremy Rucker. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely someone there. Um, I'm sure they're probably going to have their eyes on Chris Olave too, the wide receiver, um, and the other guy, uh, Wilson. I'm sure they're going to have their eyes on both of those guys. Um, And they probably have a scout that literally lives in the dorms at this point just because (laughs) of all their guys that they're always looking at. So I'm, I'm sure they scout that whole team. Oh, I'm sure of it, too. I'm sure of it, too. Uh, I do have to say, though, I love Chris Olave. I really want him in New England. But I think uh, Garrett Wilson's going to go first. And the crazy thing with Ohio State is, is that their best wide receiver is not even coming out of college yet. Smith Smith and Nickba, who we saw just light it up in the Rose Bowl. So, mm-hmm. and Ohio State's going to be good for years. Um, I did not make a banner for it, but did you have any quick thoughts about the Natty for Monday night? Or did, did you enjoy the game? Uh, for the most part, the uh, I mean, the first 
few quarters. It was, it was kind of a low first half. Yeah, pretty much that right there. Uh, kind of a vibes if I had to throw it back to like the LSU-Alabama game where Alabama won like nine to six. Um, kind of reminded me of that, just lots of defense. Um, I think Alabama losing their top two guys at wide receiver hurt them a lot. Um definitely hurt him a good bit um it's hard to go out there and beat a defense like that and anyways it's hard to beat someone twice like that in college and george's defense is, was just, has just been fantastic all season so um it's just hard to go out there and beat them again so i'm sure nick saban's going to come back with a vengeance next season and probably win a championship again um bryce young's going to be trying to go out go out swinging i guess yeah um go out as high as possible but yeah uh i don't have too much thoughts on it but congrats to georgia for finally getting their championship basically we were all feeling monday night the same way that i don't if you saw these with the camera shots of aga and his little like crate and stuff where he was just like looking like he was falling asleep and stuff that's how i think we all felt after <coughs> excuse me at halftime um mm-hmm. No, I was really happy for the fans of Georgia. Look, 41 years without a championship. It's always nice to see someone or a program who hasn't won in so long, especially a program that's as dedicated as Georgia. Um, and also, I feel like this was just a – this was a now or never season for them. And when yeah. you have that, it's just great. Meanwhile, Nick Saban, he's already California dreaming. And what I mean by that is, look, the Natty next year is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. So I think he's already got a sight set on being in L.A. next year. Yeah, and – the last thing I got to say on that is at least there's one football team in Georgia that can bring a championship to them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one that we can all agree upon that, yes, we want to see them win. Atlanta's just on a roll right now when it comes to championships. That's mm-hmm. going to pause because obviously the Falcons and the Hawks aren't going to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, and for those of you on YouTube who see it, Black Monday, look, there were some firings that came down the pipeline. Uh, my, Well, I'm not saying favorite, but mine, one that I did, saw coming and I'm not shocked at it all, and I've been calling for on this podcast for about a year and a half now, Vic Fangio for the Denver Broncos. Uh, we had Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer from uh, Minnesota, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace from Chicago, Joe Judge from the Giants, uh, Dave Gettleman's retirement, which I think is just a polite way of firing him. I think that's mm-hmm. just like, hey, like basically they forced him into – not forced him, but they told him like, hey – you're either going to retire or we're going to fire you. It's one yep. of those two. It's like when they say mutual parting ways. I feel like that's just like both sides agreeing like, hey, yeah, this isn't working out. So we'll say we mutually agree that it's not working out. It's like when you end a relationship on good terms. And then the surprise of the day, which he will be on here at some point, maybe next week, to give his thoughts on this more in-depthly. Brian Flores in Miami, which is the one I think caught everyone off guard. So I think, because look, we could go on about Fangio, Zimmer, Nagy. Those three were all kind of expected. Mm-hmm. And then Joe Judge, too, it was eventually where it was like, you know what, there's not, not a lot to say there. I think with Minnesota, I think it's just time to change the guard. Chicago, look, obviously wasn't working. Denver, you need someone offensive in there. And New York is just a dumpster fire. But the <laughs> Miami Dolphins won, though. Look, they they played really hard on Sunday against New England, 133-24. Yeah. Uh, finished back-to-back years 10-6 and 9-8. and So... I think it's a mix here of maybe there were some disagreements behind the scenes and maybe to, I think that Steven Ross is just so in like this, we have to win now mentality that for some reason going nine and eight and missing the playoffs is just not acceptable. That's the thing about this league. A lot of times where guys will get fired because good enough is no longer good enough. Yeah. And I mean, 
I think this is a mistake personally. I, I'm going to like to hear Big Rat's take on it because he's going to be well more informed than I am about this. But I know from his Twitter feed that he was definitely surprised. Yeah. And I was definitely surprised too because, I mean, this guy is probably the only one of this list of people that got fired that's going to get a head coaching job right out. Like someone is going to hire him to be the coach of the football team. Um, I can almost guarantee that because this guy, he's gone out there and these players obviously want to play for him and put on their best for them week in and week out. Um, and they overcame a lot this season. Like they started off bad and they had that huge winning streak. I think it was seven or eight games in a row. Um, so props to them on that. But I just think it's a mistake to fire Brian Flores. He was a, he's a really good coach. Um, yeah. Um, but he's definitely going to get a job for sure. I see him out there. And the rest of these guys, it's to be expected. Like when Joe Judge was not getting fired at first, I was like, why is Joe Judge keeping his job? But Flores is getting fired. This makes no sense. And then they fi- then they finally decided to fire him because I'm sure they heard a lot of media backlash. And these owners, they, they hear what happens. And um, they see all this backlash. And, they, and sometimes they might even give in to it. But... And, or it might sway the decision in a certain way. And um, I think they definitely had to let go of Joe Judge. But the Brian Flores thing, it just I don't know what to think of that. Um, you would think that they would have a plan in place that they were going to get rid of a guy who had done so well. And I, I don't know. I, I, it's just letting me flabbergasted because some people thought that maybe they had Harbaugh lined up to sign with them. But that's not the case because they're just – interviewing the same guys that are in this carousel of other guys that are also being uh, interviewed. It's not like they're hiring some superstar head coach. Um, Just a move that should not have happened, in my opinion. And with Miami, it sets them back so much because it's like one of those things where you think, hey, we can get better now. But in reality, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think there was all the Dolphins fans out there who wanted Watson. I know know Big Rat's a big Tua guy. I know that's a, I know that's for a fact. He's a big two a guy, so I think this keeps to his job. Because I think Flores was really on the pro Watson train. Uh, yeah, Brian Flores is going to get a head coaching job. Would I love him back as a defensive coordinator of the Patriots? Absolutely. Is that going to happen? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, and there's also not like a, like Brian, like literally Miami can't go out there and get a big name splash because guess what? The big name splash is the guy that you just fired less than forty about forty eight hours ago. Like this yep. was literally like what I told said before, and also too, I would have mentioned Jacksonville, but we all know about that. And then Vegas too, but in all honesty, I think Rich, Bisa- Rich Bisaki is getting that job. I think uh, him winning in the playoffs on a Sunday, him winning and getting the Raiders into the playoffs was just enough to you know keep his job in uh, keep his job in Vegas. But even Jacksonville too, like they're going after guys like Bill O'Brien and stuff like that, which I know he had success in Houston with the playoffs. It's just the way he left; it makes me think like that could easily just happen again, you know. So. We'll wait and see what happens, but like I said before, a lot of the firings were these warranted. We saw them coming firings, but then the like I always I said this in a tweet though. There's always a firing every year that catches you off guard, but it's not because of like oh what the Brian Flores situation is. No, it's more to do with you know what maybe this guy's seat wasn't as hot as we first like maybe his seat was hotter than we originally thought. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Who knows what's going on there? Um, I, I would like to hear more clarification. So that's definitely going to be something to hear from Big Rat because he's definitely going to be the guy that knows. Hopefully trying to get um, – been talking to him. Um, I do have stuff planned for next week. Those announcements will probably come out later in the podcast, but I do have something planned. 
So we'll wait and see. We'll go from there on what happens for that. Um, well, anyway, there's uh, there's still football left to be played. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. look, I know we covered all the somber stuff before, but there's football to be played. There are seven games, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday night. Um, first one up, Cincinnati versus Las Vegas. If you give me a second, got to look at my phone. Cincinnati is a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under for this game is at 49 points. Uh, Matt, where do you lean on this game? Uh, this is an interesting game. Um, two franchises that uh, have had their playoff troubles as of late, even getting to the playoffs. Um, I love the Bengals as a team. Um, if I had to root for any team, it would be them. Um, I would like to see them uh, go far. Um I don't know if you watch uh, Trap House Sports on TikTok, but he always calls Joe Burrow Joe. Brr. Uh, I want to see. I want to see him go off. I want. I want to see him go off. He's been. He's been fantastic um, over the past couple weeks. But the main issue here with the Bengals, I see, is their offensive line. And yeah. this was an issue going into the last draft, where people are just like, "Oh, you got to draft Penny Sewell," but they drafted Jamar Chase, which obviously it's not been a wrong move because Jamar oh. Chase, he's been. A, a stud rookie of the year to me. Um, you might have a different take on that, but I don't actually. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. be up. I'm gonna be upfront. I don't. Um, can I just have one quick thing in though? Yeah, go Both ahead. him and Sewell have been graded really well according to PFF mm-hmm. analytics. So it's a. It was never like so. This move, it's not like Sewell. You know, is this dominant tackle in the NFL, and then Jamar Chase is having an okay year. No, Jamar Chase is the rookie of the year. It mm-hmm. took me a while. But once Max started having a few bad weeks after the bye and Chase was exploding at games like against the Ravens and helping people like myself win their fantasy football championships. <laughs> that helps. It helps. Now, I'm not saying just because of me helping him win fantasy football, but the fact that he's going out there and having monster games on back-to-back weeks because a lot of the guys, look, we pay attention to those for various reasons because of fantasy football. It's like mm-hmm. I, it's like the gift from the league. Fantasy football is my religion. Yeah, Exactly. And, I mean, this Bengals team, they could be a problem. Like, I'm sure they're going to address that offensive line. Yeah. Um, I think Joe Burrow is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. So, that's the thing about this matchup. He's going to have to worry about Max Crosby, who is very high up in the league, if not first in the NFL in pressures against the quarterback. Um, of course, they have Ngakwe. Um, they have a good D-line there, and that's going to be the main thing. I know the Bengals, when they last played the Raiders, they leaned heavily on Joe Mixon. They're probably yeah. going to have to do the same because the weather's probably going to be inclement, um, pretty cold, and uh, that's probably going to give the Raiders some problems, I'd say. But if I had to go for a prediction on this, I would just say the Bengals are going to win. Um, what would you say the over-under or the uh, spread is? Uh, the over under, so the, the temperature, so the over under is 49 spread is five and a half points for the Bengals. The temperature kickoff is going to be about 20 Fahrenheit on Saturday. Oh man. Um, I, I would actually probably go with the Bengals to, uh, cover, um, on that and beat the Raiders by a little bit more than that. I know my friend Miguel's probably not going to like that, but, um, at the end of the day, I think this Bengals team is really good. And l- listen, look. I give my props to the Raiders. I was talking about how the Saints overcame a lot. The Raiders overcame a lot as well. Their season has been insane with what all has been going on for them. And for them to go 10-7 and seven and make it this far into the playoffs is no slouch. And I'm not going to say they're going to go out and get destroyed by the Bengals. I'm just saying the Bengals are probably going to win by like a touchdown or something because this Bengals offense, Joe Burrow is legit. He's been so good this season. Uh, that three-headed monster at wide receiver. Joe Mixon's been a great running back this season. Like, 
that offense is just great. And if they can ever get that offensive line situated out, it's going to be gravy for them. But if the Raiders are going to win, it's going to be because they're getting pressure on Joe Burrow with Max Crosby and Ngakwe and taking advantage of that weak spot of that Bengals. So if they can keep it close and keep the Bengals passing a lot, um, then they have a shot. But I'm going to go with the Bengals here. My big thing is right now, I don't know how much of the Sunday night game you watched, but uh, Storm Norton, the right tackle for the Chargers, was a turnstile. Max Crosby just fed him his lunch all mm-hmm. day long. So if Max Crosby can have that kind of game and get to Joe Burrow, it's going to be a long day. Um, because I'm different, I'm going to go Vegas to get the win here. I'm going to go Vegas. I just – something's telling me Vegas. That over-under of 49, I, I'm going to go under – I'm, and I also – I know I like to do this. I'm going to put a score on here. I like the Raiders to win a close one of 27 to 21, you know, where there's a couple of things, but the Raiders get those, like, couple extra plays just to, like, go ahead. I, I like that, too, and I like Derek Carr to get their first win. Um, this Raider team – right? not Raider. Uh, this Bengal team reminds me of a team we're going to get into next, which two years ago, if you remember, in the first wildcard game – the uh, Bills lost a close one to the Texans in overtime. Yes. And that was their Josh Allen's first time in the playoffs. And everyone said they'll be back. So I feel like, look, if the Bengals lose this game, this doesn't destroy their season. It doesn't destroy their credibility. It's just kind of showing, hey, look, they're a young team. And the Raiders are just riding a wave, a wave of momentum, considering, mm-hmm. like you said, they had the John Gruden dismissal, which they're the first team since 1961 to make it to the playoffs with coaching change midseason. Wow. And then the unfortunate, tragic incident involving Henry Ruggs back in November. So the fact, too, if you had told Raider fans at the beginning of the year, you're going to lose John Gruden, you're going to lose Henry Ruggs, but you're still going to make the playoffs on the final game of the year, Mm -hmm. I don't think any Raider fan would have believed you. Yeah, and I mean, going back to that final game of the year thing, um, that's another thing that's going to be against the the Raiders, in my opinion, is sometimes after these huge emotional wins – you see these teams have trouble going out and performing um, the next week. And granted, this is the playoffs. It's different. It could be different, but the Raiders played on Sunday night overtime. They got to, they got to travel to Cincinnati and play on a Saturday. So it's a short week. What's that? You make a good point. Yeah. It's, it's a short week. Um, they're traveling. They're going to be in inclement weather, different from what they're used to. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a lot of stuff stacked in their favor, in my opinion. And that's why it's hard for me to go with the Raiders. But like I said, I just got to give them props on their season. But uh, I, I just got to I just got to ride with the Bengals just because that's that's the team I'm going to be rooting for <laughs> kind of this season. I got you. I got you. Like If either team wins this game. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. Look, I know you guys don't know by now. I've been post. I post daily betting content for every sport for Saturday's game, though. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out. Like, I like. I could even see a world though where the Bengals win, but the Raiders cover. I can't see this game being a blowout. That's the only thing. Yeah, I, I definitely don't see it being like a huge blowout, but it, it's going to be pretty close. Exactly. And Saturday night, eight fifteen. I like. <laughs> oh, we got. Let's, let's do it. Let's get to it. You see it right there, folks, on the timeline. Buffalo versus New England. The Bills are the favorite this time. Last time, I believe, it was the Patriots. The Bills are favored by four points, an over-under of 43.5. Kickoff temperatures are expected to be below, I think, below freezing in Orchard Park. Um, This game, the more I think about it, 
can have a bigger impact. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you your thoughts first. I'm gonna say this. I think this game can have a bigger impact on the fans just because of the fact that whoever loses this game goes into their offseason saying that our biggest rival is the one that knocked us out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, these divisional playoff games are crazy, and we have two of them this this go around, which is interesting. But I mean, uh, to have these rubber matches in the playoffs is always something insane, and. Um, it's going to be something interesting to see. And I mean, the Bills and Patriots both beat each other in the offs and during the regular season, each at their own respective stadiums. The, um, but yeah, I mean, this game, it, it's probably the hardest for me to predict, honestly, uh, because you won't you don't say my feelings. Just admit it. <laughs> I mean, there's that to it, but <laughs> it, it legitimately is a really hard game to predict just because, um, you you want to say the normal narrative of rookie quarterbacks have trouble in the playoffs in the wild card round? Yeah. Like, I think statistically they're two and six in the past couple years. Um, two of those wins coming against other rookie quarterbacks. Um, so you have that going against uh, Mac Jones, but this isn't a normal coach team. This is a Bill Belichick coach team. So I don't really know if you can really um, go into that, but. With with this Bills team, um, the main way the Patriots have done work on them as of late is Damian Harris in the running game. Um, are the Bills just going to go out there and let them do that again? And, yes. Because, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, both these defense have been playing really good this season, but if the Bills want to win, they have stopped the run game and make Matt Jones beat them. They have to, that, That's going to be – their way to victory is make Mac Jones beat them and then hope Josh Allen just does Josh Allen things. Um, as far as a prediction, honestly, like looking at all these games, I like to take at least one road team and I don't really see any other road teams that I like, honestly. And this is the game that I'm kind of back and forth on, but I'm going to take the Patriots to win by field goal. You know what? This this screams a close game. This I just can't see it being a blowout. I just can't. I I, I don't know what it is. Like I like I said to myself, like, look, it could be a win, it could be a loss, we could get blown out, we could blow them out, it could be a close game, it could be a short game. I just don't see it being that kind of game, you know? I just don't mm-hmm. see it being that game where it's uh where it's just a, like a blowout. I can see this it's gonna be a close game. I think, too, I say this a lot on this podcast, and I believe it for this game. This game is going to be about, too, whichever quarterback can make less mistakes. Um, and also, one mm-hmm. other thing I want to point out, too, this year, I know we have two divisional matchups in the playoffs, but out of the six matchups, let's see, three, yeah, six matchups. Mm-hmm. Out of the six matchups taking place this weekend, five are rematches from the regular season. Interesting. Only Dallas-San Francisco is not. Um, which, for, we'll get, actually, I have a take on that, but we'll get into it in a few minutes. Um for this game, though, I believe, I think the same thing. I think, look, even if they have to make Mac throw the ball, they just have to make him not, like, change the play up and just have him chuck the ball out like he was doing against Miami and then like he was doing against uh, doing against Buffalo two weeks ago. Uh, three weeks, about, yeah, about two and a half weeks ago. I think, look, if we can see the Mac, look, do the run-pass option game, do short passes. You, It's like, you know how they say the expression, a death by a thousand cuts? Yeah, I think that kind of game is what we could potentially see from the Patriots on Saturday night. That's that's personally what I believe. Um, I'm obviously going for us to win 
if we were to lose, will I be will I be disappointed? Yes, but will it be a disappointing season? No, I'm not going to come on here and say, mm-hmm. oh, this season was disappointing, it was terrible. No. There was no expectations for us this year. I thought, like, look, I had us, our ceiling was 11-6. and six. That, I said that back in May when the schedule came out, that our ceiling was 11-6. and six. We finished 10-7. So the fact that we finished 10-7, and seven, I think, if anything, if Buffalo loses on Saturday night, it's a massive disappointment for them. And why you're wondering why I've made a prediction, folks, it's a little freaking obvious who I'm going for. <laughs> I want the Patriots to win. I'm going to cheer for the Patriots. Um, and I'm going to pay the bills quickly because obviously this podcast is sponsored by sidelineshop.ca. Um, I'll be wearing my Matthew Judon jersey that I got. Actually, I'm going to say this, that my fiance bought me as a Christmas gift off of sidelineshop.ca. So you already know. So I just want to throw that out there. But I think this could be the game where we truly see what Mac Jones is capable of. I'm not afraid to admit that. I, I know we're saying you may have to make Mac throw it. I think scuba suit Mac, and I'm saying that because of what happened last time in Buffalo. I think this is a game, too, where everyone's going to be thinking the Bills are going to win. I think it's more like... For some reason, I think they think the cold weather is going to be a factor for Buffalo. Both mm-hmm. these teams play in cold weather environments. It's not like Boston's like a paradise in the wintertime. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think the weather's going to be as bad because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the wet, the winds were like terrible. It was like 50 last, mile an hour winds. Yeah, I think the winds were like terrible in the last game. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be near as bad. So you're going to have more options in the passing game because when you have 50 mile hour winds it's just hard to get anything going passing the football um but so so i think stylistically wise it'll go a little different but for the most part it's going to be these two defenses battling it out and it's just going to be a knockdown drag out man I'm, i'm excited to watch it and like i said uh like normally whenever i've come on here since last season i've been kind of on the bills train I like Josh Allen a whole lot. He's my dynasty quarterback, so I'm a little biased. Um, he, he actually won me my championship, so shout out to Josh Allen. But um, I've been for the Bills, and I, I didn't know if the Patriots were going to do this good this season. And I've and since they've been doing so good this season, I've always said, man, if the Saints have a season kind of like the Patriots this season, I'll be so happy next season. So um, I, I just got to go with Bill Belichick, honestly. That's, that's just how it comes down to the end for me. That's a big thing, too. It's Bill Belichick in the playoffs. It's a different animal. It's his first wild card game on the road ever, believe it or not, or I think at least with the Patriots. But it's wild. Yeah. That, it's his first ever road playoff game with the Patriots. But when it comes down to it, everyone's like, oh, but Josh Allen's better than Mac. Yes, that is true. I'll leave it a bit that. Yeah. But if this comes down to coaching and and uh, in-game adjustments, you can't pick against Belichick. And like, and like they say, too, I know Bama lost on Monday night. But Bama was a dog in the SEC championship game. Patriots is an underdog in a game like this when their backs are against the wall. I'm just going to say this right now. That's something you don't want. That's a position you do not want to put yourself into. I think there's a lot of Bills fans mm-hmm. out there thinking that. Because, look, we already know Patriots fans, if we lose, it is what it is. It is what it is. Look, the season was good. The season was a success. Just learn from it and move on to next year. If Buffalo loses, it's going to be demoralizing just for the sole fact of who you lost to. And the fact that Josh Allen's contract's kicking in soon. Plus, you wanted a Super Bowl this year. You were 13 and 3 this year. You were 11 and 6 this year, including a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where you didn't even score a touchdown. So I'm just going to say this right now. If Bills lose on on Saturday night, Bills Mafia ain't going to be happy on Sunday morning. 
Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. It'll be sour. I'll, I'll admit this. If the Patriots lose on Saturday night, will it be sour? Yes. But at the same time, too, I'm going to continue to live my everyday life and know that, look, things get better. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we're on to Sunday now. I have to open up my app again just to get the scores up. Uh, right there, folks, Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia, another rematch from earlier this year. Um, the Bucs are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over-under at 46. Call me crazy, but I'm just going to say this right now. We'll talk about the game. I like the Bucs to win, but I like the Eagles to cover eight-and-a-half. Yeah, I mean, just just take a look at the Bucks last season in their wild-card game against the Redskins. Like, they're going up against Tyler Heineke, who at that point, who, no who, knew. who knew who he was? We, we did not know. And he went in there, and granted, there is maybe a little bit of an advantage to that because you don't really have tape on them and you can't prepare for them. But at the same time, with the defense like they have, you wouldn't expect something like that. But, I mean, the Bucks are coming in. They've been kind of on the downswing, honestly. Like last season – Granted, they did destroy, they did handily take care of the Panthers, but it's the Panthers. Yeah. Come on now. Um, coming into the playoffs last season, the Bucks were on a tear. And I feel like right now they're kind of on a downslope. They had an off game against the Jets that they did end up winning. The week before that, the Saints pants them in an, in an amazing game. Um, loved every second of that one. Um and then they had the Panthers game, which was fine for them. But yeah, um, this Eagles game, it, it just seems like Tom Brady against the NFC East. There's something there. I mean, the Giants always have his number. The Redskins game in the playoffs last season. And I think this Eagles game is going to get them in trouble. Um, the main thing for the Buccaneers in their favor, though, is that they're really good at stopping the run, although they have had troubles a little bit as the seasons wore on. But um, because this is the, this is the run team in the NFL – Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, whoever it is back there, they that's their MO. They they run the ball. And if there's a team that's going to stop them from doing that, the Buccaneers are definitely one of those teams. Um, but granted, speaking from experience, the Saints, they have a historical, really good run defense over the past couple of years. And the Eagles are always that team that's two times now solved that problem. So we could see a very close game here. Um, I kind of agree with you. I think the Eagles are going to cover. The Bucks are going to win at the end of the day. Um, it's probably going to come down to Tom Brady having a drive um, at the end of the game and scoring a touchdown to win or something, getting them in position for a field goal, something like that. Um, I can already envision it. And then I'm going to roll over in my grave. Um, <laughs> but uh but, yeah, I, I think the Eagles are going to give them a fight. But I don't think the Eagles are at any point going to be leading in the game. They might be threatening to lead. Maybe they're trying to drive at the very end, and then maybe Jalen Hurts throws an interception or something. Um, but, yeah, I got the Bucks, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. My thing with the with this game, I can see the Eagles like getting out to like a 7 nothing or a 10 nothing lead, and then the Bucks come back, and then from there it's kind of like a chess match. I can see this being a six, seven point game for the Buccaneers in all honesty. I just think, I think eight and a half is a big number. It's just, it's a big number to cover, especially against a team like Philadelphia. That's really yeah. unpredictable this year. You don't know exactly what they're going to throw at you. Um, and also the other thing too, is remember this Eagles team hung in tough with the Buccaneers back in October. It was only, I think 28 to 22. The Eagles almost had a chance to come and win the game. That's the yeah. other thing too. I want to look at where I know we say, look, the regular season is different than the playoffs, obviously, 
But you have to factor in when, especially it's a rematch, and like we said, there's the one divisional match we already covered, and then there's the other one that's on the Monday night, the Monday night game. When it comes down to all those things, you have to factor in a multitude of things. So you have to factor in, look, how these teams played this year. How have they evolved? How have they gotten different? How are they the same? Um, and with Philadelphia, you don't know exactly what their bag of tricks are going to entail. Um, I just think that at the end of the day, yes, Tampa's the much better team. They're really good at stopping the run. Uh, like, well, like you said, the Philly's got some good runners. And uh, quick fantasy note for 2022. If you're ever going to pinch for a running back and the Eagles are playing the Giants, go get Boston Scott off waivers. <laughs> he will be there. Um, trust me, it's helped. Uh, my big thing too is though, is how can that Eagles, cause that's the thing too. The Eagles still have a really good offensive line, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. Uh, how can those guys defend the likes of like, I, Jason Pierre Paul is going to be back for this game. Levante David, uh, newly extended, uh, why you the guy's name? I don't know why. Barrett? No, uh, small guy. Vita Vea. Vita Vea. Yes. I don't know why I blanked on his name. Vita Vea, who just got an, ex- I think a four year extension. Um, I want to see that matchup because the Bucks O line and the e- the Eagles D is like their thing. And my big thing with the Eagle with the Bucks too is is how can they get Rob Gronkowski involved? The same Rob Gronkowski who does those insurance fraud commercials for USAA, trying to be a military veteran. Um, which I feel like they just said, "Hey, Rob, just act like an idiot, and we'll give you five million dollars for this commercial." Um, that's another topic for another day. Um, my big thing with this game is though, at the end of the day, look. Can the Bucs get Rob Gronkowski going? Can they get their own running game going? And what are these Eagle defenders going to do to Tom Brady? That's my big question. I think at the end of the day, though, like I said, the Bucs are going to win. Fire the cannons. Sorry. But I just just can't see Philly. I just can't see Philly winning this game. That's the only thing. I can see them covering. Just can't see them winning. That's all. Yeah. And, I mean, I think the Bucs are going to have more problems in the playoffs. As it goes, I mean, Mike Evans is definitely not 100%. No. Godwin's been out um, since the Saints game. He's been he's out for the year. Um, of course, we all know what happened with Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, so pretty much the only just 100% consistent guy that's always been one of the guys for Tom through his through his career in New England, too, was is Gronk. I mean, Gronk's the main guy there. And can Gronk stay healthy through these playoffs? Because – I mean, they're in the wild card, and they got to play it through the whole way. So, I mean, they did it last year. They're going to have less help this year. Um, so, I think it's 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 always hard to repeat in the NFL. Um, but I think they're going to get past the wild card. They might have troubles um, next week. Exactly, that's the thing. They could. I, I honestly think that too. They could have trouble no matter who they face next week. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out that I just remember now is Saturday's game between uh, Cincinnati and Vegas. Drew Brees will be doing color for that game in, yes. uh, in Cincinnati with Mike Tirico. So that's just something I wanted to point out. Uh, and then obviously it's going to be Ian Eagle and Char- Ian Eagles and Charles Davis doing the uh, Bills and Patriots. And then this game is going to be on Fox. We all know it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman's show. Moving on next, Dallas versus San Francisco. Um 4:30 CBS game. This is the Nickelodeon game, believe it or not. Too. I wanted. To, I kind of wanted the Patriots to be on Nickelodeon just to see Bill <laughs> Belichick get slimed. That's just me, though. But for those of you out there who are young, and I know I'm young too. I'm in my 20s. Matt, you're in your 20s. Tw- yeah, you're in your 20s, right? Yeah. Okay. We're both in our 20s. I want you guys to go back and watch some highlights from the 80s and the 90s of the Cowboys and the 49ers because there are some amazing NFL playoff. <laughs> 
<coughs> not COVID, just something caught in my throat. Um, <laughs> there are some amazing playoff games between those two teams that I feel like some people should just go watch. It's just hard-hitting football, and it's great. Um, I have a crazy prediction, and I have a crazy hot take. I have San Francisco winning this game. Uh, the over-under, i got to look up the over-under and the spread because I'm a good guy like that. Oh, and also, oh, I already mentioned that again. So it's 51 points here. Dallas is three-and-a-half-point favorites. I just like San Francisco. I think San Francisco, if they can play really good football, I would not be surprised if they upset some teams and manage to be in L.A. next month. I'm, I'm coming out here and saying that. I know it's a bit of a hot take, but this team healthy is very scary and very unpredictable. You got 2019 Debo Samuel. You got George Kittle healthy. Brandon Ayuk's mm-hmm. looking really good. They got their running game going. They got a hell of a defense. And Jimmy G's playing really well. My only concern for Jimmy G is, is I think he's their worst enemy. I think he has to play solid football. If he can go out there and play solid football, this team's going to go far. But if he screws up, he screws up. And also, yep. if you're asking yourself, why am I picking against Dallas? Well, for one, it'll be fun to see the Cowboys lose. And two... When it comes down to this, I just think San Francisco is going to be a team that kind of catches people by surprise. You know, I think a lot of people think this is Dallas's year. So that's why give me the give me the Niners, give me the Niners, or at least if they don't win, they're going to cover three and a half points. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Cowboys defense—they've they've been good this season. They've definitely improved. Um, yeah. I got to give I got to give them their roses on that. Um, the 49ers, Um they're they're half of the reason why the Saints aren't in the playoffs now. <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean Debo Samuel, he's had an amazing year. Um I wonder what the matchup is gonna be like with Trayvon Diggs, because Trayvon Diggs has some tendencies to give up some big plays, even though he's leading the league. The season. Yeah, even though he leads the league in interceptions. So you're going to hope that he doesn't really give up too much Debo Samuel. Will he even be matched up on Debo Samuel because Debo Samuel is always being moved around so much in the Shanahan offense. Um, and pretty much like you said, Jimmy G is going to be the biggest thing. That's that's the big thing that comes down to the question for me because both of these offenses are dynamic. Both of these defenses can make plays. And at the end of the day, um, sure, Shanahan's probably the better coach than McCarthy, but – um, sometimes in these matchups, you got to go with the better quarterback, and I got to go yeah. with Dak here. I got to go with Dak. I think Dak's going to get it done. Um, if the Cowboys lose, the fan base will have a meltdown. Oh, God. <laughs> I know a lot of people would enjoy that, um, but I got to go with the Cowboys here. I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Um, I don't know what the over under is at, but I'd probably say I'd probably set it at the over 51. Um, 51 that's a high score but i think i think they might go over that honestly um because granted the defenses can't make plays get turnovers cowboys defense is really good at making turnovers but um i think that's what it's going to come down to these offenses make going stride for stride and at some point jimmy g is gonna make a mistake and throw an interception to one of these playmakers in the defense or someone's going to get a fumble. It's, it's going to happen. The Cowboys are going to get a turnover and that's going to be a huge thing in the game. And um, another thing to watch out of who's going to is, are they going to do voting again for the MVP and have, we have to give our <laughs> picks. We have to do, let's do that. Let's do one person aside. Who's going to take Mitch Trubisky's trophy away from him. 
We have to have an MVP for this game. That's the big – That's never mind Dallas losing or San Francisco losing. The MVP is the biggest storyline to occur <laughs> in this football game. Like, personally, I didn't watch the Nick broadcast because the Nick broadcast last year was the Saints and the Bears, and I needed – I needed to. I, I couldn't watch something fun like that. I, it was playoffs. It was Drew Brees in the playoffs, probably for the last time, which it, which it was. Um, except he played the next week, but um, last playoff win. Was yeah, last, last playoff win, and I, I'm sure uh, whenever uh, Mitch Trubisky heard that he was the MVP and they maybe tried to give him a trophy, I don't know if he got a trophy for it or not. I'm sure he, he hated every second of that. Um, honestly, um, after that game, but. Um, as far as who would get it this this uh, this game, I'm gonna just guess Debo Samuel. Probably he's probably gonna make some plays in here, and it's gonna attract people to vote for him. But there could be another. I, I don't know. If they might not even do fan voting after what happened last time. <laughs> um, but if they do do fan voting, uh, someone could sway it into some random person's favor. Like, shoot, I don't know, Mitch Wisnowski. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe maybe the fullback on the 49ers even, uh, Kyle, Kyle um, I forget East his last check. name, East check. I just shouldn't want to botch it, but oh, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, it could be someone like him, something random like that, but yeah. Um, to, to be serious though, the Cowboys, I, I think I think they got this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go my fun route. Uh, if, the, uh, if the Cowboys win, I'm going to say C.D. Lamb yeah. for MVP. And if the 49ers, I'm going to go Kittle. I think, I also think too, Kittle, someone who would enjoy getting slimed. I got to figure out a way in Canada how to watch it. I have Paramount Plus, and I know they do like the inside the NFL and Paramount Plus, I think is under the Nickelodeon umbrella. So I got to do some research to see if I can do that. Because if that's the case, I'm watching the Nick broadcast on Sunday. I'm not watching the regular one because I know uh, it's Nance and Romo calling the CBS broadcast and then the Nickelodeon one. Is going to be, I think it's Noah. Yeah, it's Noah Eagle, who's Ian Eagle's son, and then uh, Bur- Nate Burleson calling it. I think it's those two calling the game. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens with those two, but it's going to be it's going to be. I think this game right here though could be the game of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably have to tend to agree with you in terms of offense. Yeah. If you want to see a big high scoring game, this is probably going to be that game. It's going to be football. Yeah, this is probably going to be the exciting game and. Um, that's going to be have all the offensive sparks for you because some of these previous games they're going to come down to defenses and they're going to be closer games. Um, granted, I don't, I'm not saying this game's going to be not close. I think it's going to be a close game, but you're just going to see more points, um, and that's definitely going to be something to watch for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, but uh, no, if I have to go, I'm going over for points here. No matter who wins, I'm going. That when you guys watch my betting videos, I'm going to post the over. Uh, next up, Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City, 12.5-point favorite. 45.5 points is the over-under. I'm, I'm going to let you go first on this because I went first last time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this is going to be a blowout, but I don't. I think when everyone thinks a game is going to be an absolute ass-whipping, that's never what happens. Like, remember wow. last year with uh, – actually, I'm going to give a perfect example. The last two box – Saints games in Tampa. Remember last year? Everyone picked the box to win, and then Saints Everybody. Twitter had their day with the Curb Your Enthusiasm music to the uh, score bug. And then this year, too, they called everyone NBC clowns, and then they put a crown on Drew Brees' head. 
Saints yeah. Twitter's Saints Twitter's been on a roll there. Um, but I'm going to let you have the floor. I just wanted to point that out right now. I'm just saying, like, um, what's the phrase I was looking for? Uh, be careful what you wish for, Chiefs fans. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are probably – I know a lot of people are kind of upset that the Steelers got in. Yeah. Um, you'd probably rather see a team – a matchup like the Chargers and the Chiefs or even the Raiders and the Chiefs or whatever it would have been had this not happened. But, look, it did. Ben, Big Ben's getting his last ride. Um, I, I saw a press conference, I'm sure, where he was just – I'm sure he's just joking on it where he was just like – yeah, oh, we're just gonna that. we're just gonna go in and have fun. We're probably gonna lose by twenty points or something like that. I think he was just having fun with it because he obviously doesn't think that. I mean, if he does, that's that, that's that's a crazy thing to say. But um, I mean, the the game that happened against them earlier this season, it, it wasn't close. This game probably won't be close either. I know a lot of people are gonna say that, and I could bite my words on it, but. Um, the Chiefs, I think they're going to go for it this season, this, this postseason, man. I think they're going to try to get to their third straight Super Bowl appearance, and it could happen. Um, uh, as far as just this game in general, I just think the fact that Big Ben, he's just, you've seen him play quarterback this season. That's all I got to say. Um, it, it's just a lot of dink and dunk and just try to get, get someone out in space. And I mean, Granted, I, I've seen a version of that offense with the later Drew Brees in his career, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs are just going to be too much to handle for them. Um, it, it doesn't matter who it is. And I know Tyreek Hill didn't have a great game when they played last season, but he just went to other options, Miko Hardman, Brian, Pringle, Brian Pringle. Um, But, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't see this being a close game. And it honestly might go um, – the Chiefs might honestly cover that huge point uh, spread, and that's a big one. That's a big one for a playoff game. I'm just saying be careful what you wish for because I feel like every Chief thinks that they're going to go in there and then clown them by 30 or 40 again. Mm-hmm. I I think this game could, like, scare them in the sense of, you know, it's a closer game than people think, but then the Chiefs find a way to pull away in the fourth quarter. That's my thinking on this. Um, I have the Chiefs winning this game. Uh, but there's a weird part of me that – do you remember 2013 when the Ravens basically ran the table when Ray Lewis announced he was retiring and they won the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, I, that's why I have a weird feeling that if the, the Steelers were to give them a tough time, hell, if the Steelers win this game, I think like NFL Twitter and like ESPN will have a meltdown. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like – it would it would be all over everything that Monday morning. It would be just the big thing, to like because Patrick Mahomes, he's he's the guy in the NFL right now. He's their marquee guy. You see him everywhere. He's on the cover of Madden, on the cover of Madden a second time with Tom. Um, he's just the guy. Um, so if he goes out to this um, underwhelming Steelers team with their quarterback going out on his last hurrah. That would be huge. It'd be everywhere. Um, of course, the Cowboys game would also be kind of close, head and head with that, because anything Cowboys is going to be that way. But um, that would definitely be the number one headline of Patrick Mahomes' led team losing to the Steelers. But um, I don't see it happening. But if it did, that'd be wild. Oh, it would be. It would a hundred percent be wild. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and predict it. I'm just thinking that. 
Do you remember the Sunday nighter last year when Pittsburgh went in and blanked? Or not Pittsburgh, Cleveland went into Pittsburgh and they just blanked them and like no one saw it coming? Yeah. I, this, it's the same game, but I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if you're a Chiefs fan out there and you're listening to this, don't go into this game thinking you're going to whoop them. Don't go in thinking you're going to whomp them. Trust me, I've done that many times before mm-hmm. and it's bitten me in the ass. Yeah. Cautious it... optimism is your friend. And Matt, I can ask you for a quick favor. What's that? I have to run and grab my MacBook charger. So if you can vamp for like a minute or two, that would be great. I'm just going to turn my camera off for the folks that are on YouTube. Okay. All right. Well, um, just to kind of wrap up thoughts on this Chiefs and Steelers matchup, um, I think if the Steelers do want to win, they're going to have to pressure Patrick Mahomes. And that's not as easy this season because that offensive line has been improved versus what it was last season because the Chiefs definitely addressed that need. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to spread the ball around to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all of his offensive linemen or all of his offensive weapons out there. Um, pardon me, but I think at the end of the day, it's just going to be too much for Big Ben to kind of keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. And am I going to say they're just going to go out there and destroy him by 20, 30 points? Probably not. I'd probably say 14, 17 points somewhere around there, but. Uh, that's, how, that's how I see it going. I didn't catch a lot of what you said, uh, but at the end of the day, too, we're both going with the uh, we're both going with the Chiefs. Go with logic. Last game of the day, and folks, before we announce this game, it's going on the ticker right now. Got something to announce. There will be a podcast that will be recorded during this game. It may be live on YouTube. Matt, if you're free, I might ask you back because I'm trying to get. I'm going to try to do my own little. YWC football talk cast, like a Manning cast. Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. I'm trying to get people to kind of like come in, go, and then do their uh, come in. We'll figure it out. I'm going to ask, I'm asking around some people just to figure out where to go. But um, out of all the games on this weekend, this one is intriguing to me. This one just screams. It's doesn't scream. It's Arizona and LA. 49 and a half points is the 49 and a half is the over under and the Rams are a four point favorite. My big thing with this game right here is I want to like the Rams are in this all in mentality, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of the NFL world that is expecting them to crash and burn. And I'll say this too, out of all the teams that could lose this weekend, the one that I think would be the most devastating would be the Rams by far. Yeah. And I mean, you see this all the time. Um, you have these teams that are called these super teams and sometimes they, they just blow up and do just absolutely terrible. Um, and the Rams have definitely put in a lot of assets to get this team where they are. And, uh, Matt Stafford's looked kind of shaky. Um, and just, just because it, it might be a little um, conceited, um, but I really want to see the Rams lose because they're probably my second most hated team in the NFL after the Falcons, honestly. For like, reasons. If, if you told me that Tom Brady is going to win a, another Super Bowl with the Bucks, I'd probably take that over the Rams winning the Super Bowl at this point just because I hate them so much. Uh, I mean, from the obvious game in the playoffs to now them – throwing a game they were up 17 and to three going in the half and costing the saints a playoff berth 
Um, maybe it's a little bit of a biased anger, but I got to go with the Cardinals here. I got to go Kyler Murray, my guy, um, to go out and beat the Rams. And like you were saying, um, this Rams team is some is a team that's just put so many assets. Like they, they get a draft pick and they say, we don't need it. Throw it away. We're going to go pick up Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. We're going to go pick up all these guys. They even re-signed Eric Weddle today just to bring him back for the playoff ride because they're just like, we're going to bring him along on the ride. We want to get him a ring. But you know what? It's not going to happen. Exactly. My big thing with this game, though, is, is DeAndre Hopkins playing. Yeah, that's a huge thing. That's the biggest question for this game. Uh, do I think Arizona can get done without it? Yes. It's just with Arizona – I think Kyler Murray has to play a perfect game. If Kyler Murray turns the ball over or if Aaron Donald has his day, it's going to be a long day for the Cardinals. But the Cardinals, though, are in that Patriot class where I feel like if they lose, it is what it is. Like I think there's whoever loses the Cincinnati-Vegas game, New England, uh, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Arizona. If those teams lose this weekend, if you're a fan of those teams, don't be disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. You didn't expect to get here. I was on this yeah. hard from the beginning of the year that Cliff Kingsbury was going to get fired if they didn't do anything. Sure, did they fall apart towards the end of the season and cost themselves the division? Yes. But at the end of the day, look, you're in the dance. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. It's one of those things where it's like, look, you get the ticket. You get the ticket. What you do with it is up to you. That is a message to all 12 teams that are in the playoffs this weekend. Obviously, there's two others, Tennessee and Green Bay, but they're chilling at home. They don't got anything to worry about. That's a position I've got to experience, and I know you've gotten to experience before. It's great to have the bye. And also, I think, too, that the NFL playoffs right now is going to be at 16 at some point, and then the two-team buys will get brought back. I do believe that as well. Yeah, I mean, that would, that would be good. But I think if they did that, you'd definitely see some disparity there in the uh, lower seeds and what they bring in. Um, but as far as this game with the Cardinals and the Rams, um, DeAndre Hopkins is not playing. I, I looked that up. Seems like he's not going to be available. Um, they, they could get J.J. Watt back, which is going to be huge because they're going to need that defense. Because this Rams defense, they got some stars on there, but – Plays can be made against them. Um, the 49ers have proved that. And this Cardinals offense, no matter who's out there, they can put up points and they can put up some yards. And sometimes it's hard for me to go in there. And, like, if if I didn't have a personal vendetta against the Rams, I'd probably logically have to pick the Rams just because I just don't – part of me doesn't really see uh, this Rams team blowing it. But – History could repeat itself with some of these super teams just blowing it all away. And, I mean, Matt Stafford's been prone to throwing some interceptions. I think he leads the league in interceptions this season. And um, we just saw one cost him the game against 49ers this past week that cost my Saints playoff berth. (laughs) So um, part of me is hoping a Matt Stafford interception on a game-winning drive that they need uh, happens. Um, If it it happens – I'll be jubilant. I'll be exhilarated. Um, any other adjectives for excited out there? Um, you could just pull up a dictionary or encyclopedia, whatever. But um, it, it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to do without a DeAndre Hopkins, and especially since they've been a team that's 
had troubles later in the offseason. But I think the fact that they don't really have a very long commute from Arizona to Los Angeles, the fact that they're going to be playing not in super crazy weather is definitely going to be a plus for them. Like if they had to go off and play like in Green Bay or something in the snow, it would be awful for them. Like it would be terrible. Um, granted, they are a much better road team, so they do have that going against them. Like maybe if they were playing in Arizona against the Rams, it could be worse. So there could be something there with the Cardinals being a really good road team and beating the Rams. So I'm going to stake it on that and stake it on my hatred for the Rams and stake it on the fact that <laughs> I, I've only picked other one other road team to win. And normally there's one or two somewhere in there. Sometimes all the home teams win, all the favorites win, but – I got to go with two road teams to win here, and this is going to be my second one, the Cardinals. I've gone four road teams to win so far in the playoffs. Uh, look, I just think with Matt Stafford being so unpredictable and the fact, too, that there's more pressure on him to win, not only because the Rams have pretty much gone all in, but mm-hmm. because, look, they brought Matt Stafford in to win football games like this. This is the sole reason why he's here. Kyler Murray loses this game. Look, it's only his third year in the NFL. Matt Stafford – He's been in the NFL for 13 years now. Think about that. That makes me feel really old, the fact that Matt Stafford's been in the NFL for that long. Um, one other question I would ask about the Cardinals. If retired today, would you put J.J. Watt in the Hall of Fame? Hmm. I, I think just because of the defensive player of the years he's won and how good he's been, he should probably go up there. Um, but then some people might say, uh, I don't know, what is J- – I'd have to look at J.J. Watt's career numbers real quick if I can pull that up. Um, if he wasn't so – I'm just going to cut you off. I think for me, if he wasn't so injury prone, 100%. I don't know if he's a first ballot, but I could see him being like a second ballot or third ballot kind of guy. Yeah, because, I mean, that stretch he had from 2012 to 2015 is really good. I mean, yeah. two years in there he had 20 and a half sacks, 17 and a half sacks – uh, and then 10 and a half sacks in one of those years in between. But since then, uh, 2016 with Texans, one and a half sack, 2017, zero sacks, 2018, he actually was able to play more and got 16 sacks, 2019, four sacks, 2020, five sacks, 2021, one sack. But all I got to say is a guy from the same class, uh, that plays the same position. I'd probably rather have him, Cam oh, Jordan, Cam Jordan. Um, I mean, this season he was kind of man, but towards the end he ended up having like seven and a half, eight and a half sacks and got double digit sacks on the year. And he's been very consistent over his career. Has he had like a 20 sack season? No, but I mean, at the end of the day, he's been just more of a consistent guy there. And he passed that hundred sack mark uh, this season on his career, actually for 107 where he actually passes JJ Watt on his career. Cause JJ Watts at 102 right now, but but yeah, at the end of the day, um, just for how good J.J. Watt is, I'd probably have to put him in the Hall of Fame. Like you said, probably not first ballot or anything, but it'd probably take him a little while to get in, but he definitely would probably get in just based on how elite he was because th- th- there was times where he was doing it all. I mean, he'd go out there, he'd even catch a touchdown. Um, he was the king of swatting balls at the line, uh, just all the sacks he would do just – how good he was um, would probably get him in there. Yeah, that, that's a big thing, too. I think that the only thing that J.J. Watt has over Cam Jordan is obviously the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which Cam Jordan is nominated for this year. 
I feel like with the Saints now, it's just give it to I nominate Henry Davis. I think those are the two options for that. That's a, that's another topic though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he he'll get in eventually. I just don't think it's a right away thing with him. I think he'll be on the ballot for a couple of years. Um, but with this game as a whole, look, when it comes down to it, I think that the Rams are not the Rams. The Cardinals are the same thing. It's a team you don't expect coming. They're laying in the weeds. They're just waiting for you. That's yeah. my big thing. That's why I'm going with the Cardinals. I think, look, the last time they played, it was a bit of an outlier. The last time they were in SoFi, Kyler Murray lit them up. I'm just going to point that out right now. Kyler Murray lit them up last time in SoFi. I think, too, and even remember last year, too, the Rams, like, if that's a big thing, like the Rams, it's just, I don't know what I was going to say about the Rams. I'm going to say another thing with the Cardinals. We need guys like Christian Kirk to step up and have a big game. You need... Oh God, they need a tight end badly in Arizona. That's like, oh, like, never mind. They have Zach Hurts. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, you need Zach Hurts. Excuse me. I forgot about that. I was going to say Max Williams for a second. You need Zach Hurts to have a career day. You need all these things to go your way and to be right. You know, that's the that's the true big thing here with Arizona. If all can go right for Arizona, they're going to win this football game. But look, also too, I think this could be a points fest game. I think. I gotta look at the phone again on my phone again for the actual over under. I know I said it. I just have to look it up again. Um, also, I really hope it doesn't die because I'm like riding on one percent right now. That's the thing. <laughs> which I feel like your phone lasts longer on one percent than it does for any other battery uh, mm-hmm. setting. Uh, so yeah, it's forty nine and a half. Give me the over on that. Uh, I'm gonna put a score on this one. I'm gonna put a little score bow on this too. Thirty one to twenty eight game winning field goal by the Cardinals. I think Kyler Murray leads them down the field and wins them the game. Yeah, I, I I could see that happening for sure. Um, it's probably going to be hit that over. This is probably going to be another candidate for along with the 49ers and Cowboys for it to yes. be that offensive sparking game. Um, Cooper Cup, he's had an amazing season. Like that man's gone out there and done so many things. Um, he came short of a few of those records that I'm sure he would like. Um, Michael Thomas's record still stands, thankfully. Um, which I thought he was going to break them just because the fact that there's an added game on and everything, but neither here nor there. Um, Cooper Cup's been amazing. If they had Robert Woods along with him and Odell, what would that offense be like? That would look insane, I'm sure. Um, I think Cam Akers just came back. I, I, I'm, I'm uncertain if he actually played or not. Um, he barely did anything, I think, in that game. He he did do much. I think it's Sony Michelle's the main running back there right now. Yeah, so it, it'll probably stay that way. Keep, keep Sonny Michelle as the main guy there and just let Cam Akers kind of ease into it. But uh, at the end of the day, I just believe in the Cardinals. I want it to happen. If there's, if I could say out there anything that I'd want to happen in this playoffs, it's the Rams losing wild card week to the Cardinals. That would just make my week. If if you want to make it better, have the Eagles somehow beat the Bucks. But uh <laughs> that'd be my perfect wild card weekend for me since my Saints are not or Saints are unfortunately not in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm I'm really hoping for a Cardinals win. You know what? That sounds perfect. I'm gonna take us back into the more zoomed in look for the end of this podcast as we wrap things up here. Look, this is a fun episode. We got to record, we got to do our thing. Um, now more on StreamYard, more more graphics. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. That's my big thing. I, I used the word professional earlier. I know you're wearing a golf shirt. I'm wearing a <laughs> AW Kenny Omega T-shirt. Um, but the big thing with this podcast now, folks, is I know there's a lot of audio podcasts. There's gonna be a lot more video going forward. That's the big thing I want to focus on. 
trying to get video going, getting video going. If the person can't do that, then then it is what it is. But for the most part, we're going to do video here. Um, a lot of exciting things to come and happen. Um, but before we go, Matt, obviously everyone knows where to find your socials. But I want to ask you something because you've been a part of the Saints' full press coverage for the season. Mm-hmm. Is, is there anything planned for the offseason so far with Saints FPC or not at the moment? Uh, we're still going to have some shows here and there. Um, I don't know how frequent they'll be, um, but they'll be coming. Um, and it, it's been it's been very exciting to be over there covering the Saints, um, something I heavily enjoy doing and hope to do it for a good little while. Um, in, in regards to this podcast, uh, closing statements for this particular episode, since we're watching this during AEW, I have to make the stupid pun, the Rams are all in, but they're going to be all out of their playoff chances come Monday. You know what? I completely, completely <laughs> agree with you. And I can't even believe I have to look this up right now. But um, what's it called? I have to like literally go on my phone. I do this before every episode. Oh, and my phone's dead. So I, uh, this, right, this is episode number 144 YWC Football Talk. It's been a blast getting the list. It's been a blast listening to this Blast doing this episode. I was say it was a blast listening to you talk. It was a blast getting to do this, especially during wrestling. Folks, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. If you're mm-hmm. a fan of the team, just remember it's just a game. I have to do it to myself too, because the more and more you make it mentally taxing on, on yourself, it's not fun. It just takes away from it. So you know what, guys? Enjoy this weekend. No matter if your team is playing or if your team is eliminated, just enjoy the weekend. Because remember this: in a month, we're going to be begging for football. So enjoy the games while you can. That's going to wrap it up here for YWC Football Talk. Goodbye and good night. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.